church family and anyone else who might be tuning in. Uh, if you've been tracking with us, you know we've been in a series of reflections this summer called The Language of Prayer, uh, Learning to Live Life Connected to God. And uh, that is such a, uh, a crucial part of the reality of our, of our life. In this relational world, we have a relational God who at the very uh, core of, of God's being is, is, is community. And, and that extends and, and spreads through God's creativity and love and creation and the coming of the kingdom. And so uh, there, there's very little as important as, as learning to talk and listen uh, with God. And it, it impacts how we love one another, how we live in our world. We've already heard um, you know, how to pray the scriptures, how to vent our soul to God, how to, how to intercede uh, on behalf of, of one another in our world. Uh, but there is a reality in prayer as well that we, we sometimes come to the point where we're out of words or we don't know what to say or we're um, beyond language and uh, we, we come to pray with groans or, or, or sighs or even silence in, in the middle of things that we don't understand or that feel uh, overwhelming or agonizing. And that's a bit of the subject we want to cover today. I'm quite honored to have Lauren Liu with us. Um, many of the TGC family will be familiar with Lauren and her family, and um, they've been around for, for quite some time. And uh, uh, I'm so you know, looking forward to the conversation we're going to have today and, and um, just hearing some of how God has spoken to you and, and led you over the past couple of years. But before we get into that, I want to read to you from Romans 8, where this idea of praying beyond language, um, one of the places at least that it, that's highlighted in the New Testament, um, that we sometimes come to the place where we don't know what to say to God in prayer. Romans 8, starting in verse 22, says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And some of what we want to get into uh, today is that reality that uh, even when we come to the end of our language, there is a way we can still live connected to God, that the Spirit groans through us, that there are, 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 are silent ways and, 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 and ways that are, are below the surface that we can still live connected to God. So, uh, Lauren, thank you so much for, um, for coming and being with us today. I know many people in TGC will be familiar with you and, and your story, but uh, for those who may not be or those who have joined us in the last couple of years, I wonder if you just share a bit of of your story and even some of the the loss that you've had to endure. Uh, yeah, so um, my name is Lauren Liu and yeah. I moved uh, here to Brooklyn with my husband. He started um, a medical residency here yeah. um, four years ago in 2016 and um, we found TGC right away. It felt like family. Um, I got plugged into a mom's prayer group pretty early on um, and yeah, things just kind of grew from there. And then uh, in 2018, on March 5th, uh, we were walking home from a mom's prayer group. I was with my son, Joshua, who was 20 months old mm -hmm. um, at the time, and uh, my friend and her daughter. And uh, we were walking home on Fifth Avenue and Ninth Street when we were hit by a car. 
Yeah, I just, uh, there are, are, are no words to, uh, to even begin to fathom that. You know, tell us a little bit about that day. You're, you're leaving mom's prayer. I'm, I'm assuming that's, you know, been some normal ex experience. It's just a regular day. And then this unimaginable thing happens. What, 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 what goes through your mind? What, what do you experience in that, in that moment? Yeah, it was just the craziest thing because we were not expecting any danger whatsoever. Yeah. And um, yeah, it felt like a good day at mom's prayer. And, um, you know, we're, we're prayer, prayed up. We were worshiping God and we're walking home and then just bam, like, yeah. like lightning. And um, it was just incredibly difficult to process, first yeah. of all, what had happened. Yeah. Um, and then uh, knowing that um, my son w was killed and um, my friend's daughter was killed also. Um, and just the reality of, of that and the heaviness of that and the pain of that and realizing yeah. that we weren't going to get a miracle because mm. throughout the entire process until we got to the hospital, um, I was pretty sure that God, you know, that this was going to turn around. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can relate to that experience when something happens or you get a piece of news that's just like, I can't, I can't accept this, I can't compute this, um, this feeling that wells up in us that, okay, surely something, something's going to intervene to make this not the case. Can you talk to us about, you know, some of the prayers that you prayed in those first moments? Um, what, what, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, all the way through until I realized that Josh wasn't coming back, I was just really speaking in tongues and believing God that, yeah. um, you know, he, Jesus rose people from the dead. He healed people's children. Like, I yeah. really believed that that was what was going to happen. And yeah. um, the surrendering that has to happen when you don't get that miracle, mm. um, and just the initial, yeah, I, I just don't know how to describe it other than just total shock that um, there was no miracle, that, yeah. you know, where was God in this? Um, yeah. And I remember at one point, um, we couldn't go back to our apartment. It was too painful, like right after. So uh, we went to a hotel and um, there was just a moment where my face was just planted into this hotel carpet and just... Yeah. you know, bawling and in the fetal position and unable to just deal with this on any level. And um, I was just able to raise my hands up and, and the words came out of me, Elohim, Elohim, mm. why have you forsaken me? And um, that was just so profound because I always felt that God was my, my Abba, my yeah. father, someone so close and um, a protector. Yeah. And then the words just, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? Yeah. Um, but in that moment, there was such comfort too, because those were the words that Jesus spoke. And it was just like, man, even in this, I'm not alone. So in the hotel, in those few days after, as the sort of like the shock of this reality, you know, comes in and um, you know, there's no way to describe it, but what is your relationship? What's the shape of your relationship with God in those in those early days? As you're as you're grieving, as you're taking into account that this this horrific thing is, has happened. Yeah, it was just a really 
volatile moment. Um, in the natural, I was just so hurt. And, um, you know, my son was 20 months old, so yeah. he was a baby. And my whole world was taking care of him yeah. from sun up to sun down every day in the middle of the night, you know. So just the idea of like, where is he? Who is with him? Yeah. You know, like it was just really, really hard. And so I had those fundamental questions that you just know that, you know, right? We die, we go to heaven. Yeah. It's, it's a, your best day on earth or your best, your worst day on earth is your best day in heaven. Right. But when it happens, it's just like, I mean, everything was just questioned. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, I knew enough about who the devil was, who our enemy was, and that he um, is a thief who wants to steal, kill, and destroy from us. And so I knew that this was a spiritual attack. Mm -hmm. And I knew that he didn't just want to take out Joshua and myself. He wanted to destroy my faith. He wanted to ruin my marriage. Like, that's his... MO. So um, I had to make a decision and I made a decision pretty early on, like, devil, this is not going to go the way you think. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to choose to stay with God. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I didn't really hear God profoundly speaking to me. I was just kind of like his grace was rising up in me to give me the ability to make those hard choices that I was going to stick with him. What does a conversation look like with God in, in, a, in, a, in a moment or in a day where um, you've been so overturned in your expectations, you know, that you're so crushed in, in disappointment like this? What, like, um, tell me a little bit about how, how, do you, how did you pray in those, in, those, in those days after the accident? I mean, a lot of it was just, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to choose you this moment. Like, yeah. God, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. There's nowhere else to go. If I don't have you, then, then there's none of, I don't have anything. Yeah. And I was really hanging on by a thread anyway. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, luckily for me, I knew two things that I, I was going to need right away. Um, one was Christian counseling. Like I knew that while we were still in the hospital. Yeah. Um, so just God sent this woman to start speaking into my life, like just telling me truth that God is still with you. Yeah. God loves you. And then the second where early on, I started reading Christian grief books from other um, families that had lost children. And they were just speaking to me truth that God still loves you. Yeah. God, there's a way, there's a way to walk through this and not feel like God hates you or he's mm. abandoned you. So they really taught me how to pray yeah. through those moments. Yeah, so I can imagine, you know, in whatever, we'll call it normal life, even though I guess, you know, like days like, you know, that March 5th let us know that normal life is, is kind of an illusion that, that at any moment, like something can break through. But um, there's sort of like a, almost a way that I'll talk to God that, um, I don't know, it's not like uh, I'm trying to be formal or respectable per se, but um, there's certain territory that I don't feel like I always drift into every day. But when you're feeling so raw and so broken and so, uh, you know, disappointed and in grief, um, you know, was there, were there, you know, did your, how you sp spoke to God, did it change in that time from before, you, you know, in, in your life or were there, was there, um, you know, sort of territory that you discovered in, in, in your life of, of 
I was talking to God, was it like, you just, you read the Psalms and there's just de- desperation in the language. What, what was that, what was that like? How did you, how did you speak? Yeah, I just gave, I just spoke my heart. I spoke if, when I was mad, I spoke when I was let down. Yeah. Um, I spoke that, um, I just can't believe you let this happen. Mm. How could you have let this happen? That's yeah. something that I just said over and over again. And, um, yeah, and I just, I gave him my heart and I felt free to do that. Yeah. And I think that's really important, like what you were saying about the Psalms. Like, not every Psalm is like, <laughs> praise you, Jesus, you're so great. A lot of it is like, I am in the pit. Where are you? Yeah. How could you have left me? Like, you know, it. God can take all of it. God knows it already. Yeah. He's not scared of um, of our questions or our pain or our anger or just sometimes the cards that were dealt in life seem so unfair and it's just like god if you're good how yeah. how could you let this happen and i think the only thing god can't work with is us turning away mm. um, but as long as we stick with him um, he can work with that yeah. what would you say have been the most important parts of you uh, moving moving through the last couple of years just you know really one foot in front of the other um we left brooklyn immediately afterwards we just we knew that we needed to go somewhere safe and time out from everything um and you know my husband he's not he can't quote you know the entire bible to you and he doesn't always have his hands up praising god hallelujah but i mean he is a man of strong faith and um he stood on the truth that god was for us and that um and that josh is in heaven and that we're going to see him again and he was just such a rock during that time um and so when we had to come back to brooklyn i just really had to lean on him to to be able to get through that um and then just something that really really helped me was reading the stories in the bible of people who god didn't deliver because you don't really think about that right and then you know to reread these stories all throughout the bible through the eyes of grief it's like well wow wow joseph had a bad rap for a long time <laughs> yeah, your family sells you it throws you in the well like you know all of it yeah yeah mm-hmm. just long periods of trials um john the baptist like yo jesus i'm in jail here wait for the miracle any moment and and he doesn't get delivered um paul peter they died horrible deaths um mary who was favored amongst all women who was gonna just have the greatest role as jesus the messiah's mother in the natural she she's pierced in her own heart she she watches her son die so those things gave me great comfort to, and I and I know that those are people that God loves. Yeah. So that gave me great strength to just kind of draw on that. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting thing that when you go through something tragic or radically disappointing that it's not a, a sign that God doesn't love you. In fact, you know, like uh, we have this moment where Jesus is baptized and you hear the affirmation from the Father and yet we know he's on the journey to the cross and that is a paradigm for for our lives in a broken world that, um, you know, the, 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 the waves of, of this pain break, break into our lives in such, 
such unexpected ways. I'm wondering how you relate to something I can think in my life about, um, you know, hearing something like the spirit groans in our weakness or that there, you know, that there's ways that God helps us when we don't know what to pray. Um, but it's not until I'm sitting in the hospital as my dad is passing away or, you know, you're dealing with a diagnosis with a close friend that that sort of crashes into, it's like, I believe this in theory and then all of a sudden it's like, this is real. How, what, how do you relate to something like where in Romans 8 it says the spirit helps in our, in our weakness and helps us pray when we don't know what to pray? What, what, what's been your experience with that? Um, yeah, I would say I agree with that, and <laughs> yeah. I would say it just sort of happens. Um, yeah. I read a, in a book that um, to train for the battle you're not yet in. Hmm. So the idea of um, learning who the Holy Spirit is and cultivating that relationship and knowing maybe some word that you've memorized or like things like that that you do um, when things are going great, yeah. it'll just come out of you yeah. when you when you don't know what to say and you don't know what to pray. And um, even if, I think God can, God already knows our heart and he mm. knows our mind um, and he can accept anything. Like there were times when I couldn't do anything but just lift my hands and, I, and cry. Yeah. And I think that that's worship to him and that's enough. Yeah. I have to admit, you know, being with, you in a few of those days right after the accident mm-hmm. um, there's times that I will just never you know forget and that are burned into my memory but some of the uh, most unbelievable were were listening to your your prayers during those moments and it felt as an observer like uh, there was something welling up in you that was just like because it felt like at times like all the rest of us were a little dumbfounded and you were leading out in praying and you were, things were pouring out of you. Uh, I, I don't know how much you could articulate what that experience is like, but I would love to hear like, how did you feel or what language can you put to what that experience was like? Yeah, it was the craziest thing. Like I, if you had, to, if you told me that this was gonna happen, like yeah. my son, uh, was gonna die yeah. in front of my face, basically. I would tell you, well, I can't live through that. That's a wrap. Yeah. That's there's no bouncing back from that for me. Like he was so precious to me. He was everything to me. Um, but then it it happened, and um, there was just the strength that God gave me, and there was just grace that He gave me to to put this in perspective. Like I knew that this was a spiritual battle. Yeah. I knew that I was fighting for my spiritual life. I was fighting for my family. I was mm. fighting for my marriage. Yeah. Um, I, I know that there were thousands of people praying for us. I just yeah. I just think we went into go mode. Yeah. And um, the Holy Spirit just kind of started coming out of me and giving me the perspective of you're not alone. You can walk through this. You can speak truth even if you don't feel truth. Yeah. Um, God is still good even though it doesn't look good mm-hmm. um, and that he walks through us in the valley he's there with us in the pit he yeah. does not leave us he does not forsake us I'm wondering too I again this is so so many degrees removed but from from my own experience um, there's like the survival mode time and then there's some some space and sometimes it's hard to identify when you've gotten into it but it's like life goes 
a little more back to uh, normal, whatever that is, or some new normal. Um, can you mark that time in your life where it was like this is survival mode and then this is a shift from, from that? Like, was there a difference in those sort of periods in your, in your experience? I think there were a lot of shifts mm -hmm. just walking through grief um, there's just a lot of transitions that you make like yeah. like you were saying initially it's just total shock and adrenaline yeah. and survival um, and then the sorrow hits mm -hmm. and the reality of not um, not getting out of this one this one's fine like a final thing that I'm gonna yeah. have to learn how to live with. Mm -hmm. um, and then grief is, it's been described as, um, as, as waves, and that's really true. Yeah. And um, you can be feeling okay in the moment, and um, all of a sudden it just hits you, and you're just on the floor. Yeah. And, um, and it, I mean, the work of God and time, I think, together, um, or what helped me get through it. Yeah. So Josh passes and uh, and this you know, sort of moment is, is thrust upon your family and this and the community and but you still have you still have Sam, you still have a marriage, you still have like in a sense like there's breakfast to eat that you know like a you know a few days later like um, speak to me a little bit about just like how do you how did you keep putting one foot in front of the other um, in those early days? Yeah, honestly, like when I think about it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I think it was just the grace of God and the strength, um, because it doesn't make any sense. Like I, I mean, thankfully I had Sam, um, my seven month old at the time. Yeah. And he was my reason to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, my, my two boys were 13 months apart. So I really didn't know how to parent Sam without Josh. Yeah. And that just was so painful to like, you know, I'm used to like changing diaper, change diaper, breakfast, breakfast. Yeah. And, um, and that was really hard. But I mean, he was my strength. I always say Sam, Josh is my joy and Sam is my strength. Mm. And um, he helped me keep going. And um, I remember one day, just to speak to marriage, I remember one day um, praying and trying to talk to, to Josh or hear anything from Josh. And I, it's kind of embarrassing, but I heard really clearly, be nice to daddy. Mm. And I was just like, wow. what? Of all, like I birthed you and like, <laughs> I miss you so much. And you're, that's your, yeah. that's what I felt in my spirit. Wow. Um, but a few days later, I, uh, was led to this Christian marriage ministry. Hmm. And um, for some reason, I just started watching sermons about um, fighting for your marriage. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, there's statistics that say, like, marriages can't survive the death of a child. Right. And I knew that people were per particularly speaking for our, over our marriage. But um, I just... Honestly, one of the most beautiful thing that's come out of this is my marriage is stronger hmm. than it's ever been. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm imagining there was so many people, or, or uh, I can imagine in my like 
just sort of groping for needing help, you know, in those in those moments where you feel overwhelmed. Um, uh, kind of a two-part question. I wonder if you could say some of the things that felt like lifelines that came in, you know, to your experience in those in those early days or months. Um, and the second part is: is there anything, you know, sort of like counsel for the broader church? You say this actually wasn't helpful, um, but maybe the helpful parts first. Well, what were things that sort of like became, you know, places for you to hold on to or or, or lifeline type things? Man, there's so many things. I mean, those early days, we really couldn't do anything uh, but process our grief. So um, I think prayer, just people really, really praying for us that that I didn't even know. Yeah. uh, People I didn't even know. And to find out later, and I'm still finding out, like, oh, my gosh, I was praying for you. Like, I didn't know that that was, like, you're that, Lauren. I was praying for you. Yeah. And, And... I was praying for your marriage, yeah. like like crazy stuff <laughs> like that, you know? Like, um, and how does that feel? Does that feel encouraging or like strange or? Uh, oh, it's so encouraging. It's, yeah. um, I really believe that prayer is powerful and um, it can cover it can cover people and yeah. it can change outcomes and yeah. it, it's powerful. So yeah, that was, it was so beautiful and it's still beautiful to me to, yeah. to realize. Um, and then just tangible things of, of showing up and um, like you, you know, you, we didn't have like a like a personal relationship. You were a pastor, and we were in right. the church. But when that happened, you showed up, and you were really there from day one, ground zero. Like you read Josh's his last rites, and you were there at the funeral, and um, you know, just really specific people who God preordained to walk this with us stepped yeah. up. Yeah, and and help them carry us. I think about that uh, quite a bit. You know, I have a few people in my life that uh, you know, sort of older mentor folks who will say, and I'll forget. Quite honestly, I'll forget, and they'll say, you know, I pray for you every single day, or I have your name on this list, and I wonder how often we feel differently than we would because you know that that those prayers of protection or prayers of. Uh, for guidance and blessing are, are on our lives. Um, how about the opposite side? Are there is there anything you would say to to the church? You know, um, we could say, God forbid that we would ever go through something like this again. But of course, I mean, this year alone, 2020, has been filled with so many surprises, and we we have to process our relationship with God, our relationship with one another, in the throes of real life. Is there anything that you would say? you know, this is something to, to avoid or this wasn't as helpful or, you know, in, the, in that regard. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and and I don't think anyone has any intention of ever causing harm. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not that. It's not a malicious thing. But um, I do feel um, ignoring it. Like, you know, I, I, I understand it takes a lot of courage to see like a grieving mother and you don't want to hurt her feelings sure. and you don't want to bring it up and you're not sure how she's reacting. But um, when someone is going through something really painful and you know they are, I think it, it can, and they know that you know, right? it can be hurtful to not acknowledge it Yeah. and not just say like, hey, I, you know, a good look in the eye and... Yeah. Um, I'm feeling you and I'm praying for you and I'm sorry. Yeah. And that can be enough. That yeah. can be enough. Um, and that takes courage. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because it's not like you have to have all the right words or know exactly the right 
you know, move to make or gift to give. It's just sometimes just acknowledging that, that this is happening. And uh, I think about that in relationship with God, like um, how many times basically we just set our experience before God and say, this is where I am, this is what I'm dealing with, and then you have to take it from here. Like, I can't chart the way forward. Um, this is just my experience. I'm overwhelmed, I'm in agony, I'm in pain. Uh, I remember talking with, with you and uh, with Ruthie and Jonathan about the, this, this cycles and how you know we were passing by the same spaces sometimes in a, in a space of five minutes sometimes in an hour sometimes in a couple of days and it was like moving through um, can you find times for thankfulness or or um, you know worship in in times of grief what, what were you passing those those signposts at all like I know I'm sure that was just like venting your soul but what what else what other what other spaces did you pass through in, in prayer and and just the daily rhythm. Yeah, I think um, there were there were glimpses of that early on, um, moments where I was just saying, I'm going to choose to worship you. Yeah, I'm going to choose to do that. There's nowhere else to run. Yeah. If I don't have you, God, I don't have anything. And that didn't mean that I was feeling okay. Right. And it didn't mean that I was necessarily happy uh, with God at that point or what had happened. Yeah. But it was just a, it was just a the spirit within me acknowledging God himself and yeah. carrying me through and connecting me with, with him. Um, but as time kept moving forward and the healing started, yeah, I was thankful for so many things. Mm. I was thankful for God. Um, there's a way to have joy despite your circumstances. There's a way to have peace. Like in the Bible is so filled with contradiction, you know, just like constantly like, it's cool when you suffer because count it all joy and like, right. You know, like, but it's true that that is life. Yeah, life is holding extreme pain and sorrow, and um, just things not turning out the way you think. Disappointment. Yeah, and then joy and thankfulness for this life and yeah. um, hope for the future. And and it's in that that dichotomy that we live. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I totally feel it. Like I'm so thank I'm such a thankful person. I love God so much. Like He's been so good to me. He hasn't left me. Yeah. He's given me joy despite my circumstances. Like He's just been there with me. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. Um, you know, we mentioned at at the beginning of Romans eight that the Spirit groans with our spirit and 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 helps us pray when we don't know what to pray. You know, just a little bit before in that same letter, it, it talks about one of those progressions that seems almost contradictory, that suffering um, produces you know, perseverance and, and perseverance character and character hope. And hope doesn't disappoint because God's love is poured out in our hearts. Um, can you talk to us a little bit, I mean, you already have some, but about, about that, you know, journey from suffering to to hope in your life what, what what did that look like what has that been like you can speak as generally or specific as you like yeah i mean i've lived that i'm living that like yeah. i suffering has produced perseverance and patience in me hmm. because i think like what we said earlier um when someone dies you can't get out of that you just have to surrender to to God's will in that way. Like, yeah. I don't believe that God allowed this, but I think he, I, I mean, I don't think God caused it, but I think it's not outside of his will what mm -hmm. happened. 
Um, and therefore, I had to submit to that. Mm. And I had to submit to his plan. And that caused me to have a lot of endurance and a lot of patience yeah. to just walk through that reality. Um, I like to fix things. I like to hustle and, yeah. you know, who do I got to have to call and like, okay, can we just pay a fine? And there's none of that. So it just taught me a lot of surrender and endurance and patience. And what does that do? That builds your character. Yeah. And I have, my character has been so shaped through yeah. this experience, just my ability to relate to people um, who suffer. Yeah. Um, my ability to love people more real, like mm. in a real way, um, look people in the eye and say, hey, I know, yeah. I know life isn't always great. Yeah. Um, and then, I, yeah, God has just filled me with so much hope and, and I think he's going to continue to do that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you go right back to square one where you're right. suffering on your face and that's it's just a building. It's a yeah. building. I mean, three things you mentioned there, like an expanded level of compassion, you know, that you probably never will look at someone who's going through grief in the way, in the way like before the accident, um, you know, a growth in, in, lo in love. Um, and, uh, you know, as just someone who's seen your life, I can testify to that, just seeing like, still being like really surprised at how God's love has poured through you and Charles and, um, and then also what you're saying, this, this, this hope, you know, um, nobody chooses to go through, you know, these horrific things. Life is just, um, broken and, and, you know, part, part of the world is, is that brokenness and contending with evil and contending with death. But, um, you are someone who is such an inspiration to me that, um, you can hang on to God in the middle of that and the middle of those storms. And so many of the things that like, I would say are, are, I, I cringe a little bit at like the cliche nature sometimes of how, you know, even in the church we pass around, you know, like, um, things to, you know, to one another in, in times of deep need that may feel like, is this really enough? But, um, seeing it work out in your life has just been something that, um, you know, where, wherever in Revelation it says we, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm -hmm. And we know the blood of the Lamb piece, like there's without the cross and the resurrection, like we don't have salvation. But the testimony part, like no one can change your story. Like no one can say, Lauren, you haven't, you know, you haven't experienced it. Like you've walked a road that's like there's an undeniable reality to God's work in your life. And I just think it's so inspiring and so powerful and uh, I know that as many people have, as you found out were praying for you and you didn't know I know that your life has been an inspiration to many more people than you you know will even know I think that's one of the things God kind of keeps us from seeing sometimes the full ripple effect of, of the influence of our life but um, I wonder you know you've, you've, already, you've, you've mentioned some of the ways you're, you're you've changed since um, since this happened, if you were going to speak to someone who was going through unimaginable grief uh, or loss in this way, what are some of the things you would say to them? I mean, I would, I would just say that God loves you and it doesn't make sense. And I know you may not even want to hear that and yeah. you may not believe it. Yeah. Um, and you may be really mad, Yeah. but it doesn't change the truth. God loves you. Yeah. And, 
um, God will stay with you. Mm. And if you just don't give up, if you just don't give up on God, that's the only thing you have to do. Yeah. You don't have to be happy. You don't have to eat. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to, you know, wipe the snot from your nose. You don't have to do any of that. Yeah. You just have to not give up on God. Mm. And I can just testify that He is with you in the pit and he, and He's gentle. Like I didn't always have a strong sense of like, you know, His hands right on me or His voice right in my ear, but there's just this soft mm. presence of God in the pit. Yeah. Um, and He'll carry you through it. And if you surrender to it and you allow yourself to face the pain and face it um, head on, the reality of, of, of your new life and what has happened to you, God will heal you. Yeah. Um, and He'll take you on, an, on a journey where you're a different person. Hmm. And you're more shaped into the image of God and, and your character becomes more refined to the, the character of Christ. Yeah. And really that's what this is all about. Like this is this life is not permanent. It's yeah. fleeting. Um, our home is in heaven, it's where we're going. It's a yeah. beautiful, wonderful thing. Yeah. And our job is to um, be Christ to people. Hmm. And sometimes suffering is what refines you. Yeah. and purifies you of things you can't be purified of any other way. Yeah. Something you mentioned a few times now, um, and I think like in those deep days of grief, um, it, how much must it have felt like a fight to keep going? You know, but you've mentioned surrender um, multiple times. Can you talk a, a moment or two about the, the difference in those two things and how they feel in, in your tangible experience, like fighting to keep going versus surrendering? Um, was there a way you thought about that or, or think about it now? Yeah, that's, it's so interesting that the Bible also has that dichotomy so much. You have to fight to rest. <laughs> you have to like fight the good fight of faith, which yeah. basically means, God, you're totally in control and yeah. I trust fight you. Fight to surrender. Yeah, yeah, you know, fight the good fight. and. And it's, it's fighting to rest. Mm -hmm. It's fighting to trust God. It's fighting to surrender. Yeah. It's fighting to say, like Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, I don't want this. Take yeah. this from me. Yeah. But no, not my will, your will. He was fighting. Yeah. He was sweating blood. Yeah. He was fighting with everything he had hmm. to surrender to God's will. I, uh, just to close this out, I think that comes back to this place of, um, you know, prayer beyond language, you know, like Jesus sweating drops of blood, like God seeing your tears, seeing your face on the carpet in that hotel. Like there are times where we are beyond like well put together sentences and yet our spirit is crying out. God's spirit within us is, is crying out. And that has to be a part of prayer. If life is what life is, uh, which is, um, you know, really highs, highs and, and really low lows and all the in between that we have to be able to pray uh, when we don't, you know, when we, we're not composed, when we don't, when this not thrown down our face. And um, I just want to thank you so much for sharing, you know, your heart with us today and for letting us into, you know, uh, you know these few moments of, of the story and, um, you know, for those of you who know the Lou family and the Blumensteins, I just thank you so much for your prayers 
and for your generosity and for your love. I can say as a pastor, you know, we've talked on the personal level a little bit about what it was like to go through this grief and tragedy, but I saw the church be the church in some ways that um, I'll never forget, and that also just gave me an, a lot of hope for what, for what we can be, this little outpost of the kingdom of God and um, all the other like superficial measurements of what success as a church um, sort of fall away in those times. And it's like, how can we love one another? How can we care for one another? How can we pray when we don't have words? And um, I just want to say thank you to you, Lauren. It's, uh, your grace in letting us try to support and pastor and care and, you know, and, and love you guys. Um, uh, you could have at many points just slammed the door and said, I don't want you to leave me alone, basically. <laughs> but uh, you let us in. And, and we've been talking about stumbling forward in different areas of our church. But in times of grief, it seems like there's no other way except to stumble forward. And so um, thank you for the power of this testimony and, and your, your life story. And um, yeah, for taking the time today. So church, I just want to encourage you. We've already said so much this uh, summer about prayer and that's it, right? We've said so much, but there are times in our prayer life where we don't have to say anything, where we might just sigh, uh, where we might weep, where we might laugh, where we might sit in silence. And all of those are appropriate forms of prayer. And I just want to encourage you, if you feel like, oh, I don't have the language or it's not coming to me, um, that you can still cry out and you can still ask the Holy Spirit to speak through you. Uh, it's totally appropriate. Disciples who had walked with Jesus closely for a long time said, teach us to pray. Um, it is something that we can continue to grow in. Any real, meaningful, intimate relationship has to grow in its communication. And sometimes the most mature forms of communication are not just going on with our words, but sitting uh, in silence with one another and letting a moment be a moment or letting a feeling be a feeling or letting circumstances be what they are and saying, God, I don't know what to do here, but I offer this up to you. And that is a tremendous act of faith. And I just encourage you with that as you go forward. Sometimes prayer is beyond language.